content baby dog okay i'll do a quick at the top too much content plug um everybody better be pay attention to the pod class right now because we are saving you money and we are thousands and thousands of dollars on a camera when you could just have this tripod that's sitting in front of me that's 60 bucks don't be stupid don't be stupid this is your podcast roll right into it welcome back hoes it's Yo, hostess, Ani Moosh here in the house with my girl, Chanel Omari. What up? What up, what up? The infamous stand-up comic, reality TV star, actress, producer, journalist, fucking podcaster, you name it. I produce her podcast now, Chanel in the City podcast, so you better be checking it out right out of the Too Much Content Studios. And we're gonna we're gonna get into some shit today. I'm so happy that you agreed to come on the podcast. Thank you. Of course, this is an honor. I'm so excited. Oh my god, love you, love <laughs> Irish, love you guys, love too much content. Shout Thank out to you. you guys for helping make my podcast better. Thank you. I'm um, so excited for the new year. Oh, I won't yeah. spoil anything, but good things are coming. We got some good things, teases. <laughs> we got some improvements. Yeah, I'm excited. Because a girl in the city's just got to get her groove on. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes, and I'm excited to find out. Where she came from. I know. And uh, what is going on? I think that is like the infinite question. And now that I've I've sat in, obviously, like a few times. We, f- first of all, we met, shout out to Mac Almanac. Josh Pallet. Yes. And Kevin yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. They both Josh, met- they're the matchmakers. They're the yes. friendship matchmakers. Hell yeah. Because first of all, from you were their first episode. Yeah. And I produced their podcast as well. Yes. And... Dude, I knew we were going to be friends. Like, the yeah, how, moment how that you, you were know? on, I was like, this girl is just, <laughs> what? She's a mess. <laughs> Not even. I'm like, oh, I need to help her. I just feel like we are at like a perfect yin and yang. Yes. You know what I mean? We are. And I'm like, I want to work with this girl so bad and yeah. be friends with her because she's so cool. But. Oh my God, I love that you admit person. that because you're the coolest. I thought you were so cool. I was like, I want to be friends with her and I want to be as cool as her. Dude, you came in so chill. You came in in sweatpants. You know what with I mean? With a sparkly sweatpants. Yes. I was like, yes, dude. <laughs> I have that sweater. Like, this is great. You're like, she's not that much of a princess. <laughs> not even like, I've I've been called a princess my entire really? life too. Yeah, I have like, a, all my, all my most of my cousins are boys. Oh, okay. That's, the ones that's I grew why. up with. And you come from, you're dude. also Middle Eastern. Yes. So you come from like an old school like me where it's like oh yeah conservative dude. and everyone's like oh it's the woman princess this ashtray <laughs> that i made has evil eyes in it that's Ooh, how I foreign love. i am okay? i love that <laughs> <laughs> we love the evil eye shit yeah dude yes. that i'm um, from that like zone so i also felt like we connected too with that and that was cool so i was just excited after starting to get to know you a little bit more and then coming to a couple of your stand-up shows yeah. and stuff and your birthday show and everything, yes. yeah. um, I was excited just to like talk to you more about you specifically. Thank because you. Right. a theme that I was noticing in your podcast is you would at, you're an amazing interviewer. Oh, thank you, you ask really good questions. When I don't repeat them over and over, but yes. It's not even, <laughs> you ask really good questions. Thank and you. and like ones that people want to know the answer to. But 
my critique, not even critique, but my next question was, but now I want to know where that question came from. You right. know what I mean? Right. And uh, a lot of it was, I, I, I wanted to know, like, where did you, where'd you grow up? That's a great question. You so know? I grew up in um, Brooklyn okay. originally, which people don't know about. I grew up in Brooklyn. Then I moved to Long Island when I was like 10, 11 years old, you mm -hmm. know? And a lot of people think that I was like this like princess growing up, having mm -hmm. like whatever I wanted. But really, my dad came from Israel. Mm -hmm. So my father's Israeli Iraqi and my mom came from Colombia and they both oh were like foreigners and they yeah. came to the to America. It was like an American dream. My, my dad drove a taxi, long story short, ended mm -hmm. up owning up his own shoe business wow. and was a shoe designer. And my mom, you know, she came from Colombia and she had a psych major and she worked for my dad and then they like fell in love. Mm -hmm. which is really like part of who I am. I think I, for a long time I buried that and I never explained that, but I feel like that's who really I am. You know, coming from my roots, like my parents being wow. hard workers and teaching me hard work. And I worked since I was 14 years old for like my dad or I was a waitress or a bartender for my uncles. Like there's a lot that I did before I became the princess of Long Island, bitch. Can I? <laughs> Does that just... even answer your question? Not yet. Or half. Girl, I, when I said we're yin and yang, I didn't even realize how deep this was about to get. <coughs> My dad yeah. was born in Palestine okay. in 1944. Oh, my God. Yeah, dude. This... Israelis and Palestinians He's bitches brought to you by. <laughs> well, I shall say, it, but, yes, Palestine. But, but, but he's Armenian. I'm 100% oh. Armenian. Okay, but he... he. But that's just where he was born. born. Okay, yeah, yeah, but yeah. see, we, we don't talk about where we're born and where we grow up. My Like, Brooklyn's a big part of me. Yeah. Dude, this is so fucking crazy because... Okay, my, just real fucking quick. Yeah, this is my bad just, type, but whatever. Just to, like, be the yin to your yang yeah. real quick. Yeah. My... My grandfather was like a survivor of the Armenian genocide. Wow. And so he was orphaned. He fled him and my grandmother who was born in Egypt. Somehow, I don't know how, if somebody out there who's listening to my podcast, who's in my lineage and knows how, how they got to Palestine. Yes. Um, I'll let, let me know, dude. <laughs> All right. We and here. then, uh, well, my dad was born in 1944 and they had to obviously like flee in right. like when he was like four years old and he lived in a tent for like eight years with his siblings and his parents and like in Jordan until they could get a visa to come to America. Yeah. And you know, we grew up in I grew up in Watertown, Massachusetts, which mm -hmm. is where like all the Armenians are. So it's just like funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like the same thing, suburbs yeah. like Long Island, Massachusetts. I went to college in Massachusetts, Northeastern right. University. Right, right, so right, we, right. A lot of parallels, a lot of like yes. like I felt like you understood me totally. when we first met. Like we were soul sisters. Yes. You know what I mean? I like, love this for us. You know, Middle Eastern you know, no matter what <laughs> is you know, yes. Palestine. Um, Jordan, e Egypt, whatever it is. Two belly dancing hoes. Two be <laughs> I should have been a belly fucking dancer. Girl, I fucking... Not with this stomach these I days. I made but. three of my girlfriends take a belly dancing class one time with me. We all thought it was going to be like... It was fun. Yeah. But let me tell you the workout that I that, wasn't ready for. That is... You would be a beautiful belly dancer. Thank Imagine you. you're like, hey guys, I'm also a belly dancer and a producer. Girl... <laughs> Let me belly dance for you on top of producing. That's the perks, <laughs> bitch. And too much content. Ani will fucking belly dance. That's, Love a, that's, for you. that's too much cum. That's other. <laughs> <laughs> this is our casting. Some, cast. ca some categories. <laughs> 
That is so funny. No, you're right. It does. It does tell you a lot about. A lot of people don't know about me. You know, so many yeah. times I'll say also like I'm Israeli Iraqi, half Israeli Iraqi, and they'll be like, "Oh, you're Lebanese," and I'm like, "No, that's what you want me to be." But no, I just told you I was Israeli Iraqi, and I think they can't like like bitch. I just said what I was. Right. Like, <laughs> but if, did did you ever experience that your whole yeah. life where you say who you are, you say where you're from, you say where your parents are from? And then that's what makes you not proud when someone self-doubts you or says like, wait, what? Or like, I don't get it. Or like, you mean you're from this? And it's like, no, I can't educate you right now. Every I don't time even... someone calls me Annie, mm. when I've introduced myself as Annie. Yeah. Yes. And over and over again. Over and over. When I know <laughs> it's three fucking letters, guys. <laughs> it's not hard. Ani DeFranco, if you really got to get to it. Ani, you're right. On like, my knee. Ani, <laughs> like, hello. <laughs> but it's so true. You're right. It's like, how hard? And like, Is it hard? Sometimes, and I know you'll like know what I mean by this. Sometimes I've corrected someone so many times that I don't know if they're fucking with me mm-hmm. or if they really are that stupid mm-hmm. because I'm not stupid. So. Right. <laughs> For you to be fucking with my name right now is for as an adult <laughs> is dumb. So you just must be dumb. <laughs> you know? That's so true. I sometimes don't think, yeah, I don't know if people are just fucking with you or just tra- trying to make a point that they're better than me sometimes when they don't acknowledge, you know? Because I'll mm-hmm. even say Chanel. And growing up, Chanel was like, oh, channel? Oh, oh, Chanel? Like, I don't know. And a lot of times they were fucking with mean? me. Like, yeah. they were. But it's like, why can't you get my motherfucking name right? It's the perfume, bitch. Yeah, dude. Like Coco Chanel. Chanel. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Sometimes I, just, I should have said that too back. Like, hello, der, Coco Chanel. Have you ever heard of Coco Chanel? But no. And I'm- when they say no, you can okay, peasant. Like, <laughs> and then you walk away, I guess. Right. I guess. Yeah. But like, I guess <laughs> that's what makes us princesses, right? I don't, whatever. That is what makes, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we are princesses, bitch. Everybody has been called a princess if you're a woman. Yeah. I think I get a lot of like, that like when someone's fucking with me i feel like they think i'm for lack of a better word like cute so Mm. that's like how they're trying to flirt with me or something okay or like do you relate to that with with someone's like oh they know you as like the princess of long island or something or oh she's done tv or whatever yeah and they can kind of put you in a category like do you feel like that's happened before yes a a lot of times even dating really like guys will say literally i've had a guy say to me I've just wanted to know what it would be like to fuck the princesses of Long Island. Actually, me and Lindsay Hubbard, who's from Summer House. Is that a kink? Yeah. That's kind of very specific. It's very specific and very uh, one-hit wonder specific. I mean, I can understand if it's like a housewife, you know, kink, because housewives have been around for a while. But (laughs) princesses of Long Island, like a one-hit wonder fucking reality show 10 years ago. Like, there's a merch item in there somewhere. Because, you know, Long Island's very diehard fans. Like, Billy Billy Joel, anyone, anything, one-hit wonder, not one-hit wonder in Long Island, people. I get it. He was a lawyer on Long Island. He knew about Mm. the show. And he basically stood me up on a date because he was like... Listen, I don't think this is going to go anywhere. It seems like you have high expectations. I'm like, high expectations? I just wanted to confirm if dinner was at 9 or 8. Like, you fucking idiot. Wow. He's like, yeah, I just wanted to know what it's like to fuck the princess of Long Island. I was like, well, if you wanted to know, you sure as hell wasn't going to find out by, like, saying that. Like, you more like, That's not That's the- what I don't get about men. Like, really? <laughs> Couldn't you save that till after the you date? You should have been like, damn, the way you said that, so sexy. Like, ew, so sexy. dude, what the fuck? I think fuck? I gave him, like, the peace sign, too, and I was like, yeah. yo, uh, you're a moron. I kind of <laughs> go. Like, 
Oh, disgusting, dude. But I yeah, know. I do feel like I'm put in a box. I'm put in a box, I think, by the industry a lot. Um, I think a lot of people are like, oh, you've been done this show. You can't really do another reality show. You can't really do stand up. Or, But let me, know? but to that, let me yeah. ask you where, so you grew up in Brooklyn, then yep. you moved to Long Island. Yep. And so where did you kind of start in, I guess, entertainment in your life? That's a great question. My first job was when I was 17, I was doing a co-op program. So Northeastern University had a co-op program. Mm -hmm. And the last semester of your college of senior year, you were able to work and get credit. Cool. And then it got you to your next job. So I grew up with a lot of people don't know this. Uh, shout out to my girlfriend, my friend. She's not my girlfriend, my girl who's my friend. Mm -hmm. um, my girl. <laughs> Lindsay Lohan. Oh, um, shit. Yeah, we grew up together, and oh, she's shit. like one of my, she was one of my best friends. She still is one of my closest friends, but wow. we were very close growing up. And I worked with her for her. I was her assistant at 17 years old. She gave wow. me the opportunity to, like, really well, she was at probably like the height of her career, like, do her scheduling and. Oh, my God. Yeah, like crazy stuff. I Dude, learned. hire your friends. Yeah. Hire she's your all friends. Up, by the way, she is all about that and all a lot of fuck yeah a lot of actors and actresses are all about that because you there's a trust be. thing you know and and you know that she knew with me you know when you're it's it's different with your childhood friends i always i always give the picture with people of what mine and Lindsay history history is because that's how much we trusted each other right mm -hmm. like you can't go wrong with your childhood friend because if mm -hmm. something gets fucked up you say you're sorry you talk it out it's like it never happened yeah if something does it you know you're never shy to tell them what you feel yep and how to fix it, right? Yeah. So that's that our relationship was always growing because she would tell me what she didn't like, she would tell me her likes, she would tell me like why there were certain things that were happening in the business instead of being like typical celebrities who were like just do this. Yeah. She'd be like, you know, this is what you have to do in order to be successful. This is what you have to do. She would like give me an example of, like why am I making you do my schedule? Like I'm making you do my schedule because if my schedule's not right, then everybody like mm -hmm. can fall off, you know. So it was just that a great experience. That sounds familiar, Chanel. I am not a good <laughs> scheduling person. I f need a fucking assistant. If anybody <laughs> out there knows of one, please. No, but I worked for the family. Her, Dina Lohan. Dina Lohan was managing her at the time. Mm -hmm. She was a manager. She knew I wanted the experience. She was friends with my parents. Mm -hmm. That kind of childhood friends. Mm -hmm. And I learned a lot from them. And then I went into working as a producer, production assistant, worked my way up as a producer for the Maury Povich show, Anderson wow. Cooper. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, Bill Cunningham, Barbara How old Walters. You're at 17 at this point? No, so 17 to 18, that was my my year job. Well, actually, that's a lie. 17 to 18 was the first year I worked for Lindsay, but then I ended up working with her and working my way up till I was 22. Oh my God. And then when I was 22 to 25, I produced for Maury Povich. Wow. 25 to like 26, 27, I was with Anderson Cooper. And at the same time, I was doing Princesses of Long Island. I got picked to do the show Princesses of Long Island, wow. which I'll get into. Yeah. And then, yeah, till I was about 30, I'm still freelance. I'm still a freelance producer. People don't get that's my bread and butter. I do casting, I produce, I do content producing. Mm hmm. For major talent and major networks, and I still try to pitch shows every day. You know, because oh it's a fucking hard business. Yeah, you know, dude. I, I feel like you would appreciate this. <laughs> it's last, a lot, dude. Last year, uh, was it last year? Yeah, it was 2020. Um, when I first moved to New York, just to like kind of get into the mode of like I am producing a show myself. I did a dating show. Ooh, online. The whole thing was remote. Because it was oh, like shit. COVID. Yeah. And it was called Don't Want to Die Alone. Oh, I love that name. That's a good name. <laughs> Dude, we should talk more about that. Like, after that's this a good podcast. name. Yeah. But it was so much fun. It was the most fucking ridiculous show. Shout out to everybody <laughs> who let me do whatever the fuck I wanted on that show. That is I amazing. I produced the entire thing myself, funded the entire thing myself. 
and it oh, was wow. such a learning experience and it definitely did not get enough views so oh go God. on youtube and definitely check that out and now that i think reminding myself that is awesome but yeah we did one season and like it would be like it it's, it's so really hard it's so hard to do more than one dude you've no idea you peoples out that's there. why i always say like you know i remember chris DeStefano came on my podcast and he's like chanel i had nine fucking pilots for reality shows yeah. scripted series and they didn't get didn't go nowhere it doesn't mean anything doesn't mean, doesn't mean it's anything. a bad reflection on you yeah like you have to keep going is what i've learned yeah. like you and i will be executive producers of our own reality shows one day very soon and maybe it'll take 10 years but you know what we'll say well remember that one time we failed yeah you know that one time we did it like you're never gonna get it done if you don't do it dude this podcast like it took me multiple apartments really <laughs> yeah dude yeah. it took me i started it multiple different names i had like the first episode alone took me several tries and wow i shout out to everybody i've said this before on my podcast like Thank you to everybody who helped me on the process and who like got me to where I was. But yeah. I mean, I work on, you know, a lot of shows, yes. as do you. And to work on your own project and really like, I don't do shit half-assed, dude. Like, yeah. it's a process. You'll see my process. Like, that's why I, I was I was putting it on a pedestal. Like, it needs to be perfect out the gate, and it doesn't. It doesn't. And I was preaching to people who are starting you know, it doesn't have to be perfect out the gate. Like, and I wasn't taking my own advice. So, uh, and I talked about this on the last podcast too, but um, Irish and I started a project pod class earlier this year. Cool. And that's kind of, I, I'm a crazy person for starting household and pod class the same week, like putting the first episode out. But part of that was a test to see if pod class was a successful guide, you know, in, in this is how you would start a podcast, right. you know? And, I, I can definitely say that I've taken the steps like we're episode I think this is 13 now mm -hmm. and that's out and that's awesome. fuck it it's, it's amazing to see like oh my advice does work if I just follow it you know yeah <laughs> I, that's why I always say I was like I was I always used to think about being perfect and sometimes it would make me procrastinate not put the podcast out in time yeah and it's all about consistency and by the way podcasting thank god you have a class because it's a lot of hard work people don't get it yeah by the way it's free on youtube right oh now. it's free it's all that fr it's free you bitches better take that because let me tell the you people asking free. me i ain't giving that free advice because that's a lot of work we have one more episode Even to go out the, sharing the advice you yeah know what i mean everyone's like how do you make a podcast and it's like dude i'm still learning because you do learn along the way. There's trenches. You know, you and I talk about this offline mm -hmm. all the time. How to make it better. How yep. to make it spicier. How to make it more engaging. How to give people what they want. Ultimately, I want to give people what I want. That's why I say I call it a diary. I don't yes. like to be under the pressure like every week I have to be out. Or we have to do it like this. Or No. I like to talk about things that are resourceful, educational, real. and real. Yep. Helping people feel less alone. Because I feel fucking alone, to be honest yep. with you. Dude, I'm an only child. I mean, I have three. Really? I have three half sisters that are a lot older than me. Oh wow! But I'm an, my mom's only child. Oh nice. And nice. it's it. It's so you want to talk about princess, dude? You're lucky, man. Because <laughs> having like, siblings is tough. Sharing this that stuff, it's painful. I didn't grow up like an only child. Right. Like I had, had a right. lot of cut. Like we said, boy cousins. And you don't seem only child syndrome. Thank like you're, you. You're a big sharer. Thank you. You share your socks. I I do. I do share my socks. I do. Ani shares her socks with me because your girl, this gross girl, Chanel, in this city, help your girl out with some socks. <laughs> Donate some fucking socks to me or money because 
Sometimes or somehow I forget my gross socks and I need to get a pedicure, but go on. Uh, dude, but I, you're sharer. Dude, Because a lot of people would not share their fucking socks. Yeah. Okay? I just, I, I contribute that to like my parents are, they, I say that they're foreign. They are. But like, you know, the hospitality, hospitality. in that culture is really big. Yeah. And I'm sure you can relate. Like, yes. you know, growing up, you grew up Jewish. Yes, yes. You know, that's, I'm sure. That's like, you know, you're... Family, Give her hosting. family yeah, is like important, you know, and like making someone comfortable in your home is important. Is yes. important, and like you know, that's you've made. Yeah, you make the one thing I love about your studio, your apartment. Too much content is like you're more of like personable, and you make Thank your you. you make us feel at home. Thank you. I love the smell. It feels like <laughs> Christmas all the time. It's, it's just my like, candles burning right now yeah, that I made. It's like cozy <laughs> and warm, and I just feel like Madonna here, <laughs> and I just want to talk like this. That's a fucking goal. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. and I just, it's just, it's important, and I do think there's something about not judging it or. Coming from a foreign family, whether you're an only, only child or not, you're taught from a young age to the world is bigger than you. And I think mm -hmm. there's more than you. And, you know, it's important to host, to share, to be kind, to share. Yeah. And that like this make is. Make people feel good. Yeah. You have to learn how to make. You have to learn how to adapt too. like I grew up in the same home my whole life mm -hmm. and until I like kind of went to college and then I moved around since then. But dude it's my karma because in the last like two years I moved five times. So just yeah. learning how to make like a home over and over and up freaking it's so it, it's, it can be exhausting. You and, know what and, I mean? Talk about feeling alone sometimes, even if you have someone partner? you live with, like, you know, it's still work. <laughs> it is. It's a lot of work, <laughs> you know, right, to be in a relationship. You're right. Yeah. And I mean, and to make a, a home and yeah. to make a business and, it's wild. It's 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 worth it, but it's a wild time. I know. I'm like, do I want to be in a relationship? Do I not? I debate that every day. I have a conflict about it every day because, you know, it's a lot of work. Even if you like the person and especially if you want to try to get the person to like you back, that's a whole nother drama that I'm just like not in the mood for anymore. I like these men have to get it together out there because I cannot be your mistress anymore. OK, <laughs> I cannot be your motherfucking mistress anymore. <laughs> it's weird behavior too. Like, why would you want me to be your mistress? I'm a wifey, bitch. Then fucking, that's your boundary, dude. I ain't no ho ho. But it's so hard to set these boundaries. I don't know if you think it's hard, but it, with these guys, well, you're also in a relationship, so. But I'm in an open relationship, though. How do you do that? That's I hard. Would, that would kill me. I would be killing him slowly. I mean, and my like, is it? Like, he's how very, do you deal? He's very respectful. Um, this oh, that's is cool. I mean, we, we are, dude, it, here's the thing. I'll boil it down. We choose to be together. Right. That's all. That's what it is, I think. You know what I mean? Uh, and I know that, and I, I trust him because he's the most honest person that I've ever met in my entire life. So that's important. The trust, mm -hmm. the honesty. Yeah. So you can do the open relationship as long as you guys are honest. Yeah. I mean, and I like that whole thing about choice. It's just that no one chooses to be with me. But dude, this shit is hard. You you have to kind of understand where they as a human are coming from. So and he'll fucking come if he hears this. Oh my God, because I don't talk about this enough and he wants me to talk about it more. So I'll give I'll give it a couple minutes. Fine. You have to understand that it, a man's nature is to want to fuck more than one thing. Not that it's it wants to leave 
the thing that it love and like needing to fuck are two different things. So like if it's not that they want to leave the one thing, they just want something different. So I know he loves me. He wants to be with me. We are domestic partners at this point. Like we are wrapped up in so many things like i know he can't go fucking nowhere dude <laughs> ah. you know i might as well have a ring it's fine like you are not going anywhere dude i know it Irish, okay when are you proposing right but it's you're being logical and realistic about you just said it we're intertwined in so many things whereas the emotional part, side of me would be like you're leaving me and it's like wait a minute dude but he's remember also, what you've started with him he's also um i mean like i'm not gonna like fucking talk you know, whatever. But if he wants to go get side, mm -hmm. he's not obnoxious about it. Like, it's not. If he wanted to do it every day, like, I would be upset. <laughs> that, Got it. That's, I'm not down for that. Like, I have boundaries, you know? Right. I have boundaries of, like, when there, there are things going on and I need his support and I need your focus. And, like, whatever. You want to flirt with people? You want to talk to people? Like, well, I, I don't care. I don't care. You're here. Like, we live together and we work together. Like, yeah. I can literally see you, you know? It's fine. <laughs> if you want to go jerk off. Ani's funny. Fine. Yeah, that is. <laughs> you know what? Bitch, I see. He also, I see got, <laughs> he also got banned from Tinder and Bumble. So I ain't worried. You know what I mean? No, like, he did not. Like, he no, fucking, he did not. Yeah, dude, he's a monster. Ani, no, he did not. Yeah, he's a monster. He's my monster, and I love him to death, and I will be with him. I love this. But, like, he's a monster, dude. Like, he low-key. So, it's fine. But, like, and I feel a certain way about girls, too. And, like, that's, like, a new for me, and in, in, in no relationship have I been able to, like, even entertain that idea. Okay. So, it's... And I don't know what that means for me. I right. know I, that, that sentence, I, have, I haven't even explored it. I just know that it's there. You know what I mean? So that, that in and of itself, haven't been able to say that in any other relationship. So cool. We're doing it. But that me, me being able to be open about that and he being open about what, like, I just don't want cheese pizza tonight. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. You know what yeah. I mean? I just want someone else. Like, I don't even want, it's like a, it's like a, blow up doll that's a good analogy he's not dating them he's fucking them and then yeah. leaving okay. and it's like so it, as long as you know that my point is it gets tricky when you're not the girl when you when he they're leaving you you see they're leaving me at all times and that's where it that's concerning well here's the thing it did not start i didn't so i guess how do you keep them? i had i had how never do keep them? how do you keep them i've never been in an open relationship before irish and okay. I had like hooked up with someone who was in an open marriage. And so that was where I understood like what that was. And then I was also a host of a podcast called Kings, um, which is where Irish and I ended up dating out of anyways with another one of our friends, Charismatic. And we talked a lot about sort of like uh, Black Phillip. Have you heard of Black Phillip? It's Patrice O'Neill's. It was his like radio show. Anyways, well, we talked a lot about that. And, like, it was just a whole lot of, like, me understanding the idea. But when we decided that we were going to be in a relationship, I was not comfortable being open right away. I was like, I need to, like, know you, dude. You know? How can I fucking trust that you're not going to go do right. whatever right. if, like, 
if I don't know who you fucking are, like, you know, like we need to have time. And that was my boundary. And then, you know, he had his boundaries and thankfully like things worked out and we've worked things out and it's all good. Um, and here we are like two years later. So that's cool. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah. Actually like, wait, what's today? Uh, tomorrow is our anniversary of our first date. That's so congratulations. That's Happy anniversary. That's Thanks. really cute. I don't know if you know. I, I can't wait to that. say that one day. <laughs> fucking 37 over here. Whatever. Maybe we'll break up tomorrow. Who fucking knows? No, no one you knows guys, No one shit, knows shit, dude. but you guys are great. Well, I think it's realistic that you guys have boundaries and you're realistic and you're logical. I think when mm-hmm. you get, I think what the mistake I've made in my past with my dating is that I think everything's a fucking movie, which my ex-boyfriends are right about. And I don't realize it at the time mm-hmm. I'm, when I'm in it. I don't realize it. It's when I'm out of it. I'm like, hmm, they were right. Yeah. It's like, I think everything is all or nothing. It's all emotional. It's never like, let's talk this through. Let's be logical. Okay, maybe you do want to fuck someone else. Doesn't mean you love me less. Maybe if I stuck it out like that, maybe I would be with the person. But, but, but then again, no, not, they, these guys didn't for, want me. It's not for everyone, dude. It's really not for everyone. And and like, I don't I don't know if, if, let's just say tomorrow we broke up and I was in a relationship in two days. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I could be in an open relationship with that person. Right. It's, it's like per... I guess person specific is how I personally feel about it because how do you like everybody works with different values and different sure. boundaries. Sure. So if sure, that's the way we also forget. So we all are different. It's different values and different boundaries. You might be like, you know what you're calling it a mistress, but let's just say like, you know, someone who, he's married or he's in a relationship. No, I'm, or by whatever. the way, just for the record, I've never yeah. been with married men. I'm saying mistress in the term. It's probably not, the, but it's always the side chick of like, Never okay, being taken seriously. Sure. It's always like the friend with benefits. I'm always categorized as the friend with benefits or the girl who I like to have fun with or I'll hook up with Chanel for a while okay. and then I'll fucking ghost her. It's nev- There's never commitment because if there were, then I would be taken seriously as the girlfriend. I'm never the girlfriend. Is the, the, That's what I should say. Do you go into it? Because I also with... would never be with, I can't be with a married man for my, not because I'm, I, I feel like the, that I would feel guilty. So ha- have any of your exes made you really happy? Yes. Like also Im- miserable. immensely happy? Outweighed, yes. outweighed the negative? Yes, at times, yes. Okay. And do you feel like they were the source of your happiness or do you feel like you had a handle on your happiness? Sometimes I felt like they were the source. Okay. And sometimes I felt like they were additional, mm-hmm. like they added to the happiness um, when things were really good for me at the time. So let's say mm-hmm. something was going really well in my career. But then again, it's like, why do I base my happiness on yeah. materialistic things, I guess, right? And th- that comes from a whole psycholo- psychological, how I was uh, like not getting attention from my parents and having two hardworking parents my whole life, being the oldest of three, always having to put my feelings aside, coming from a big family like mm-hmm. you with cousins and, mm-hmm. you know, always having to be the better person. Dude, I never was, al- I never cried growing up. Oh, shit. I, that I, ha- I do all the time. Dude, I like, when I turned 26, but I just can't. started I know. fucking exploding and cr- in tears all the time. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, okay, that that was from 15 <laughs> years ago, but let's let it out now. Like, you know right, what I mean? Right, it's like, you're not allowed to cry. That's a sign of weakness in our families, right. you know? Yeah, well, like I get it, but I guess my point being is that if if you feel like there are things in your life that like aren't making you happy, do you feel like those people can like smell that out and they want like if yes, if they can't like solve those problems, right? So like you got to do that, so, right? Uh, yeah, I have a I love that I have a <laughs> exclusive um story to share with you. Ooh. With my ex-boyfriend. 
that's what it's funny and interesting you said that because he would always say that and it never clicked until now i guess like <laughs> us talking because like you you know why would you just you know yeah not to be I, frank as fuck, not to be frank but like <laughs> but he would always say like mm -hmm. you know i feel I like, like you rely mm, your happiness on me sometimes and it's a lot of pressure mm -hmm. and i was like interesting how do you feel so and he's like i feel like and he would give me examples like you want to hang out with me and you want to cook dinner for me, but it's not really because you want to cook dinner for me. It's because it makes you happy to be around me. And like, what if, what if I don't want to be around you? And I'm like, that's just being, that's not me relying my happiness on you. That's just you being a jerk, not wanting to hang around me. But he would just say things like, I feel like I have a lot of pressure to make you happy. I feel like I am your universe. I am the center of your happiness and I can't feel that pressure. And I never understood it till now. That's my point. And you're right. I can't, maybe maybe people can smell that and I don't even realize that. Can I tell you a funny story yeah. that you're gonna fucking laugh at me? Yeah. So I'm gonna translate that. <laughs> yes, because I did not speak English right now. <laughs> no, I'm gonna translate what he was saying to you. Oh, okay. Do you ever just want to be around nobody and you want everyone to stop trying to talk to you and just let you, like, unwind? Yeah. That's what he's saying. Like, there's sometimes, not that he doesn't want to be around you, it's just that when you want to be around him is the time when he wants to just not talk to anybody. He is saying, he was you know what I mean? that. And, like, I, but it that took was me often so too. long to understand that, by the way. Yes. Like, we lived in a studio together when we moved to New York. Oh, wow. Like, the size of this room. Oh, wow. <laughs> that we, like, lived in, slept in, ran our business out of, all that shit. Like, it was insane. How and did you manage that? It was very difficult. <laughs> like, and you survived it? That's big. Knock on wood, knock dude. On wood. But, like, I mean, there were... Too you can't get away. Like... I couldn't slam a door. Like, the door to get away from him was either the bathroom or outside. Like, you know what I mean? And we, it was also, like, a new relationship. So, like, holy shit. And it, for him, he had to translate in so many different ways because I was just, didn't know how to speak guy, I guess. Like, that when, it's not that I don't want to be around you. Thank you for making dinner is what you should, what he should say. Right. You, what you want him to, to say, say. But I just want to relax by myself right now. And then maybe later we can hang out is what he should say. Yeah. But like instead it's coming out. Bitch, get away from me. You're being clingy, which is like you're not even doing that. You're just being you. You're just being I'm being me yourself. trying to be in a relationship. Like I'm yeah. trying to share the love, motherfucker. Yeah, and I'm you trying can move closer, to be by the way. So by you're way, a little more and I'm trying to make pasta when I don't even know how to make the fucking pasta. Girl, up uh, I'm the trying choir. to order like I'm trying to share love. And I remember my dad always said, he goes, You give too much love sometimes where it's too much for most yeah. people to take. And I never understood it. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, how do you even say that out loud to your own daughter? And he was like, I'm not trying to be harsh. And, you know, being I, Middle I Eastern, totally... they're, they're, they're blunt. <laughs> they're like, he's like, it's tough love. I'm just telling you the truth. Your yeah. love is too much. And I'm it's making like, you a survivor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making you too strong for life, you bitch. That's why you're 37 and married. <laughs> but it's like, what do you expect? So do you want me not to give love? And it's like, if that's who I'm authentically am, then fuck everyone who doesn't want to understand that or receive that, right? But but there are boundaries. I what agree. I've tried to do now is like, because, okay, in my house growing up, this is just the fucking way I was raised, dude, is that if dinner is made, mm -hmm. then we all eat together. Yes. Like, yes. 
even if it's in front of the TV, no one wants to talk. Like, we're still eating together. Like, that is the time. And so I'm dating a white boy, okay? Yeah. Not that they don't do that. They totally do that. His family's wonderful, okay? But fucking, in my mind, I'm applying, like, what I assume is, like, what is the deal? That, that that might not be the case all the time. Now, we eat whatever, but it, it fucking I don't have to wait for him to eat. Is right, the point right? Right. You know what I right. mean? Like it's just I don't know. It's funny. Like you can't apply. You can't assume that they know what's in your head. I know. And, you know? and even if you communicate, I think the communication really ended when no, it was really clear when he was just basically like, I just don't want to be with you. And I want to move on. And whether he left me for his ex or he left me for someone new, it doesn't even matter. It's like where he wasn't communicating that before. And he was saying like things like, oh, you're basing your happiness. Basically, what I realize is, yes, there's two sides to the story. I did maybe lead on that I based my happiness on him. And also where I could have been less desperate and and lesson learned here. Even when you're in love, I think there's boundaries. You shouldn't have to show someone how much you're in love with them. And I don't think you have to give so much or sacrifice, which has made me kind of be a little bit selfish now when I see I'm dating guys. Mm -hmm. I see that I don't give a lot. Like where I used to be thoughtful and like buy them a present and be like, I thought of you. Like, I'm not doing that shit now. You know, until you prove yourself to me, I'm not doing that. You know, it doesn't matter. That's not even what matters like at all. It really doesn't matter. You know, especially like now, like fucking... Dude, look at like what really matters. Like we were just locked down for two years. Like what's yeah. going on? You Holy know, shit, like two years. that's not even what matters anymore. It doesn't matter. And you know what? You're <laughs> right. And it's and and it's yeah. It's hard though. It's just hard to be. Mm-hmm. It's hard to know who to blame because you want to get better as a person and you want to be like, Dude, did I do? It's hard to know who to blame. You blame you, right? Because you're like, you know, did I do fucked up change. shit? Like, did I blame? Like, did I? Did I? Did I surround my? Did I base my happiness on him and put pressure on him? Or did he just not like me enough that he didn't know how to get out? And I so, think the bottom you know line, if, if you, if you in, in your like heart know like what makes you happy or you're at least on the path and you're making an active journey, I think that's all that fucking matters, matters dude. Yeah. And like if you're happy, then like your light like attracts. You know what I mean? Like you shouldn't be chasing like anybody, you know? Yeah, you're right. You know? It, it, you're right. Someone should just be obsessed with you because they're obsessed with you because you're fucking awesome, dude. Yeah, Ani, <laughs> like, that's right. right. I feel like I am. Like you're a sometimes. funny fucking am, human. Right? I'm funny. You're nice. Like I you're am. creative. Like look at all Thank you've you. done. But like, dude, and <laughs> which also brings me for the reason why we even had this like joint to joint begin session. with. Yeah. Can we segue into what? Yes. <laughs> okay. So we were talking a little bit about your podcast. Yep. Chanel in the City podcast. Subscribe. Um, and check it out here at Too Much Content Studios. And you, I noticed as your <laughs> producer, often talk to your guests about bullying. Yes. And like, have they ever experienced bullying before? Have they, you know, in in their process, in their journey, in their craft right now, uh, how's there been people who are doing the same thing that have tried to actively push them down? Yeah. And as your producer, I'm sitting there and I'm like, all right, like, yeah, yeah, I, I like this. I like where this is going. Okay, okay. And then I'm like, wait, but Chanel, why are we, I want to know why why that question always is seems to be a theme because it, it's a great question. It's and a great, this is a great question. I've experienced <laughs> bullying in my life. Right. And honestly, it brought me to comedy, which we can get to later. 
but I would love to know really where that question stems from. I love this question. And mm-hmm. you're like one of the first, you are you are the first person to ask me this question. Holy shit, really? Yeah, I feel like no one really asks me where I come from or what why I do what I do. I think they just, a lot of people assume and what they read or what they know and they think they know, but they don't know me. So mm-hmm. I think why I asked this question is, long story short, I've been bullied since I was a kid. So since I was in middle school, I feel like I was always a misfit and an outcast. I always tried to fit in with the popular girls and I did at times, mm-hmm. but even when I fit in with them, I still felt like, you know, when you still feel like the nice girl, the misfit, the, yeah. the one who's always trying to do the right thing. And also always You're like the like B the mean team. Girls. Yeah, I'm the B team with the A team, the mean girls. And I also felt like I turned to comedy to either fit in, which was being the class clown, Mm -hmm. or making these girls laugh who were the popular kids because, you know, I was pretty, but wasn't pretty enough to just be popular. And I wasn't, you know, I had to be funny. That really, I I really believe truly I had to be funny to get whatever I wanted. We had to develop a personality. Imagine that. (laughs) And it did help when you were like cute and funny. Yeah. The whole package deal or smart or whatever. And also I wasn't, I remember like not getting the best grades, whatever. So I would make people laugh. Yeah. And I also remember having a lot of points with the guys in school because, you know, we wouldn't hook up. It was just that I would always make the guys laugh. So Mm. I was one of the the, the guys and the girls loved that because they would have crushes on the guys. They would want to chill with me. And so I and I did stand up comedy in college, you know, because it was a way for me to I was pledging for a sorority and I remember getting bullied a lot during pledging, Jeez, which yeah. is part of hazing anyway. Mm-hmm. But I f- remember feeling like, why am I going through this trauma to fit in? Why am I going through this Yo. to just be like popular or cool or go to the cool parties? You know, like there was just something about it that was so unjust and made me feel like, is this only happening to me? Am I taking this wrong? Is this bullying? Mm-hmm. And then after that, I remember, especially in the entertainment industry, I and as a woman, you know, and I didn't understand at the time, I, I always thought like, you know, my dad raised me like equal opportunity. Men and women are yep. equal. You're not any different than a, in a man. You can be as powerful and as beautiful as a man, whatever the mm-hmm. whole thing he taught me. And then I got into the real world and I realized, oh, shit, no, I can't. And then I realized a lot of men were using misogyny against me and I didn't understand it. It was more like um, patronizing and, yep. and, and intimidation and making me feel scared to like talk or speak up or not ask for. I remember asking a boss once, you know, for a title and a, a higher position and money. And I deserved it more than forget my male counterparts, but I just deserved it in general. Mm-hmm. And I remember him saying, like, you know, you're just a girl. Like, what do you mean? And I was like, how are you fucking saying this right now? Um, what even year was this? It was like 2000, probably <sighs> 12, 13. I mean, oh my not that God. recent, but like recent. But, you know, things like that are like just making me feel like I wasn't good enough and that I had to fight twice as hard as a woman. And a lot of times when I went into comedy, because I've been a lot of people don't know I've been doing comedy for eight to 10 years now. I would say wow. 10. Well, no, we're going on the 10th year. But the first four years were open mics. Mm. So, like, no one's knowing your name yeah. when you're doing open mics. Your head's down. You're going in and out of open mics. And I did them really thoroughly and, and hard. And I was hard at them. And then I realized open mics weren't good for my mental health. And what do I mean by that? Dude. It's a boys club. And it's a bunch of men just, like, not paying attention or not or criticizing and you. And if you have a car, fucking forget about it, dude. What? what dude. You're in? In the in club? If dude, you have a car? If you have a car, like... Everybody needs a ride all of a sudden. Right. Like, dude. So that in the yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, you know, and then and then I did shows and then I did other avenues. You know, when comics get T V opportunities or radio yeah. opportunities, you know, I had a uh, to commit to a radio show which actually had comedy in it. 
on BLI on iHeartRadio for like four and a half, five years. But I would still go to shows, do midnight shows at the Grizzly Pear, do midnight shows at Stand Up New York. Hustling. Hustling. So when I was doing this, a lot of times, not just in comedy only, but in music, in radio, in TV, when I was doing princesses with my cast members themselves, with people behind the scenes, I would be told things like, you can't make it, like you need to pay your dues constantly, which I've been paying my dues since I was like 17 years old, 14 really, but whatever. Yeah. You know, you need to work this much harder. Yeah. You need to work this much harder. You need to, you know, a lot of times without them saying it, I felt like I couldn't make it past. Like they would pick a guy over a girl and be like, you can't, you know, just a lot of things that people would say to me that I think is shocking. Like you said, like, where is this coming from? Like I was just, Put down a lot. I was put down what with was my the looks. Worst. Also thing. by press too. I was bullied. I don't even. Know. What was like the worst thing that you still think about that you're like, this drives me to fucking do better. That's a great question. What's um, the worst one? The worst one. Oh, there's so many moments. What's the worst one? Does it have to be recent or the past? The one that you always go back to, like fuck that, fuck person. that person. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I. I remember, so there's two 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 incidents. You one, don't have to say their name, no, obviously. I won't, no. <laughs> one was when I was like, I remember a bo- a former boss of mine mm-hmm. would tell me, and I, I that like basically I wasn't gonna make it as a personality. Like I didn't have it in me, you know. Like I just didn't have it in me. I didn't have it. I didn't have that. It. He factor. didn't see you in high school. Okay. He didn't, <laughs> he didn't see my hottie hottie <laughs> in high school. No, he's like, you're not going to make it. I don't see you ma- being mainstream. I don't see, and I don't see Chanel in the city. It was really specifically about Chanel City. I remember, you know, coming out with Chanel the city at the time and wanting to broadcast it um, on multiple platforms. And I came to him and he was like, you know, I just don't see this going anywhere. And you don't have it. And I was like, fuck you. Like, and he would always pass That's every pretty boss. girl. Every pretty girl would come into that fucking studio or that station or that place. And that pretty girl. Mm-hmm. Would Fuck. get on top without working as hard, without having as much talent. And literally, it's like someone hit me. Like, listen, I could admit I'm not the most talented. And I could admit I'm not the smartest. And, yeah, there's times where I doubt myself. But let me tell you something. If people are asking me for ideas, then I'm doing fucking something right. Mm-hmm. And if people are watching, then I'm doing something right. Mm-hmm. And even though I would lend the hard work to him, he still didn't see my value. And now it's like that's what drives me. I'm like, fuck you. And every time I have a housewife, oh, my God, I hope mm-hmm. I'm not. If I have a housewife on or if I, I have. this every time, don't worry. Or yeah, if I or if I have like a celebrity on, it helps me. It drives me to be like, wait a minute, like I didn't give up on this, and this is going somewhere. And you know what? I am talented, and I and I don't need somebody to make me feel like you know what? It's business. I wasn't right for that. They didn't feel like they should hype me up for that station, but that's what I mean about bullying. It's like, why tell someone they're not good enough, or tell someone they don't have it? What's the point of that? What's They're the point jealous. of keeping someone down? And that was my point of asking they people They know questions. that you're going to succeed and they want to just suck the fucking life out of you. Right. And just for themselves. Right. Dude. Like they want to take advantage of you. They're narcissists. Yeah. You know? And I didn't know what narcissism meant really mm-hmm. for a long time. None of us really did until more right. recently now. Yeah. And I said to myself, if I'm going through this, my guests probably have went. There's no way in hell any comedian or celebrity or influencer that's on my podcast hasn't gone through. Have you read um, the book Codependent No More by Melanie Beattie? No. I have to start reading more books. Dude, it's an audio book also. Okay. So it's easy like on the train and shit. Okay, great. Dude, you you have to listen to that. I would love it. I would love it. Yeah, it'll change your life. 
It'll yeah. fucking change your And life. you know what I think also people don't realize that I have been bullied. So a lot of people when I did princesses, they thought I had this like amazing life mm-hmm. and lifestyle and like Chanel gets whatever she wants and hangs out with whoever she wants. And it's like, no, I was really bullied and go through my own mental health issues and my own severe issues where I didn't talk a lot about it. So I'm happy you made me open up about it because people should understand where it comes from. Yeah. Or so also tell us more about that though. Like, yeah, I mean, I mean, what like, you if, know? I mean, is there any like specific you had obviously like adult bullies, but you're saying like, well, in my adulthood, like I've had experience before that, you know, right. Do you just mean like kind of what we were saying in, in high school, any specific school. moments where you're just like, no, like this needs to not happen. Yeah. I think in high school when I was freshman, it was a freshman year of high school. I had to transfer high schools. No so way. yeah, that was really tough because the pri- I went to Jewish private school, but they're it was only up to eighth grade on where I lived. And so everybody mm. knew that when you, it was almost like Jewish private school, they had like Ivy Armenian leagues. Armenian private did? school. Oh my God. So fucking you funny, see? dude. Different. This crazy. is same, crazy. Same parallels. Did you go to Jewish camp? I did. Oh my dude, God, I went to course. Armenian camp. Did you get bullied at fucking Jewish camp? Of course, I got bullied everywhere we I went. We fucking lived the same life, I had dude. To, literally, I had to basically fight, and even till now, I have to always fight to earn, I think, people's respect and just earn a friend. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, so, For some people, it's really easy to make friends. It's really mm-hmm. easy to fit in. That was never my shtick, yeah. even if I made it look like it was my shtick. I was never something I was good at. I still am in therapy about it. It's hard work every day for me. But like, here's just the thing. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to fit in with you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. I'm my, I'm my, which makes you being, fit in probably, I guess like uh, it just, I don't know if it's that people like want to, people are unoriginal, dude. Yeah. That's what it is. And then they see someone who is an original like yourself. I try to be. And like, then it, they want you to, they want to know if they can drive you to do the thing that's not original. You know yes, what I mean? Yes. And you're like, just let me Maybe. do my fucking thing, thing dude. Let yeah. me be an artist. Like, like so many people would be like, what is Chanel in this city? And what is it about? And I don't think it has legs. And it's like, can you just shut the right fuck now, up and let it happen? Right now, what is your podcast? What is Chanel in the city? Not even just as a podcast, but yeah. like as a whole. As what a is whole, it? I would us. say it's. I would say it's a mental health and comedy platform that covers like pop culture, lifestyle, beauty, and things that people should know about in the major cities that they want to live vicariously through like celebrities or just a, a luxurious lifestyle to make them feel less alone on a budget. Like something like Chanel in the City to me is everyone's diary, really. It's just something where you feel like you're, it's almost like being in Alice in Wonderland. You're in this world where you're escaping mm-hmm. and you don't feel alone and you feel like it's a positive, there's a light to the end of the tunnel. It's a positive world because I felt so fucking alone after Princesses. I was like, where do I go from here? My mm-hmm. life is canceled, literally. Mm-hmm. And all the hard work I've done has gone to shit because not Bravo's fault, not anybody's fault. Shout out to Bravo. I love Bravo. I'm appreciative of Bravo. We collaborate still. Yeah. They, their talent comes on the podcast. But it's unfortunate that sometimes the public makes you a one-hit wonder, and that's something you have to fight against. And that's mm-hmm. something I had to get out of a whole deep depression. Mm-hmm. And Chanel in the City helped me get out of the depression because little by little I was building my baby and I was also having things to look forward to. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I'm a foodie. If I go to a great restaurant, if I indulge in a great meal, I feel better about myself. Mm -hmm. Or if I get a great blowout or if I get, um, you know. So it's like kind of like your diary about what made you 
survive that day. Yeah. Or that week yes. or whatever. Yes. That's, that's cool. That's great. Yes, you articulated it. Better, <laughs> better than I did. I'm just throwing words. It's just so uni- right. Well, it's I mean, like, there's so many, people. It's there's so many, so many topics, right? Topics, and I mean, topics, yes. You're in New York City, yeah. right? But you, you travel and you do yeah. comedy and you do all of these and things. And I date. And, 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 and by the way, I tell people on the podcast, this is not a, like a survival guide. It's just almost like we're all learning together. Like I'm not an expert. I don't yeah, have my like, shit together. Your your it's your survival guide. It's like you know survival. what I mean. It's my sur- it's messy not, survival. It's not guide. a fr- it's not like you're and in you the jungle or anything. And you could take a tip or two if right? you want. If you want a good restaurant recommendation or a good celebrity spotting. Yeah, I mean, like you're just even. If, I like that you're honest. Like if you're feeling down or like if you mm-hmm. you know you talk about like I said like if you you've been through these experiences and and all that and. Everybody's going to go through a journey like that. And especially if you're moving to a new city, especially like dude, you're just saying you articulated perfectly. Everybody just went through a journey where their life got canceled. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's so relatable, you know, and, and just building yourself back up after that. That's kind of how I got my feet kind of rooted in this podcast. And, and like, I'll actually end on this note, too. It, I, I wanted something that was going to keep me accountable. Right. You know, like, right. I accountable. I like I have this. And that's sort of what I've been trying to pitch to myself now. Like this podcast is like my accountability podcast. But in general, like it, it's it's for that. I, I just needed to be talking about my art more. Yeah. And I needed to be talking to people who are going through that same thing or who have or have done it successfully or maybe they just failed at it. And like, how can we learn or how can we do better? And everybody's going through that shit. Like no one knows what the fuck's happening right now. Like ev- yeah. there's a curveball every day, dude. But it's like what you said too, when you got me to open up, like I think also when I ask my guests, it helps me learn more about myself and take mm-hmm. accountability of like, what did I do or what went wrong and what can I take yeah. on my part? And what has been really the real, the reality of the bullying side of it and how do we cope together and move past it? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, I think, I think that's important, and, and, and that's that's really why I ask my guests about it. How can I learn from you? How can I be different? How can I feel more closer to you? Yeah. You know, it's not been an easy journey to get here, you know, and this is something that, yeah, I feel like your podcast is something that you have <laughs> to look forward to. Yeah, dude, this is so much fun. Like, I love doing this, and it was, I'm don't get me wrong, dude, it was hard at first yeah. to just feel natural doing this again, and, like, I was very used to being behind a mic and then I just didn't. I sat in that chair for a while and then you got to, you know, put the train wheels on and then go, you know, you got to go, whatever you do, what you got to do. This is a beautiful platform. Yeah. Thank you. And I, I I wanted it to be somewhere where I I had to be accountable to talk about my art um, so that I had like kind of (laughs) homework. Yeah, like even if I don't do it or I did some of it or whatever, even if you give me a C, like I don't care. Like at least I did something. So (laughs) um, things are a happening. Uh, (laughs) I will go into this. We'll go into the last segment because we're here. Um, So this is my accountability segment. Oh, nice. um, I like that. Where I talk about every week I like set a goal kind. I'm like, I'm going to do this, guys. And then sometimes it happens and sometimes it does not. But other good things come up, and that's why it does not. Not because I was lazy. <laughs> FYI. Yeah, and then um, if you want to think of just while I'm doing my recap of something maybe that you want 
people to follow back on yeah. or I'll have you back and we can yes. see if you did the thing, the thing that, that I want to be accountable for. Yeah. And it, it doesn't have to be big or small. It could be personal. It could be about your podcast. It could be whatever. Okay. Um, so for this week, I had a co- wait. When will this come out? This will come out this Friday. Christmas is next week. Oh, Fuck, wow. I can't announce that yet. Okay. Um, hmm. All right. I, oh, ha. Okay. So I've been working on this coloring book. Oh, I love. Okay. And thank you. And <laughs> it's been a journey. I like, I, I drop stupid hints that, and they, they're little crumbs of hints of what it really is, but I can talk a little bit more about it now because I actually sat down and wrote my artist note for each page. Um, and what it is, it's like a, it's a journey, like it's a chronological journey, but it's a coloring book and it has like a theme to it. There's a little mental health, like notes involved. And it has like a little artist note from me that kind of like inspires that, uh, that page. So that it won't be done for the new year. I said I was going to do it and we'll be done for the year, but it will be done in the new year of the new year because I'm pairing it with things and it'll be cool but I will get another page done by next week and that will be what I'm accountable for and hmm I'm gonna think of one more thing because it's important I'm going to oh uh Sam Buck and I um from the Bucked Up podcast and from episode I think it was five um, we have a collaboration candle that will be out by this point uh, for Christmas called, I think it's like Light the Trees Up or Light the Tree Up, Trees Up candle. It's cedar and amber. I made them myself. Um, they're, I li- literally made them a few days ago. So they'll be ready for Christmas and you can buy them and support both of our podcasts and our artwork. So that's what I'll be accountable for is putting them up by the time this podcast comes out. I need to buy me one of those. I love that. Thanks, you. What are you going to be accountable for by the time you come back on this podcast? I think what I'm going to be accountable for is just giving my audience a better, a better quality podcast and just content in Mm -hmm. general, like just rolling out relatable, really high quality content, but nothing perfect, just something that people can really engage in and feel good about, you know, and also stand up by just... I need to be accountable about like just being better and writing better jokes and, you know, just kind of coming into my own more and hopefully channel that through your podcast, channeling it, you know, just, just, just creating commitment to myself and having a tour one day, but not making excuses, not making excuses that like why things aren't happening. All right. Well, you're going to come back in February. Yeah. I'm going to come back in February. This is so much fun. I love so this podcast. So in February, we're going to see some more from the Chanel in the City podcast. We are. We are, bitch. This Valentine's Day, <laughs> if I'm fucking single, you better believe I'm going to be making noise with too much content about Chanel in the City. Because <laughs> if this bitch is single, you know you're going to hear it. You know when you know that I don't care about my brand? When I'm dating. When I'm in a committed relationship. Because then it's all a fucking about him. And I. that's when you know. No more, dude. No we're- more. We're changing the narrative. We got to. Hell yeah. So, like, where can people find you? What shows are coming up? This is coming out this Friday. Perfect. So, I do have my all-star comedy show. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to plug that in. You Mm -hmm. guys, I do an all-star comedy show once a month to all the comics, to all the audience out there. You can go on Eventbrite. Chanel in the City presents... 
the All-Star Comedy Show. We got one December 16th coming up with a dope lineup featuring Jared Freed. And then we got one in um, January, February, always at Broadway Comedy Club. Hopefully, God willing, locations will be coming up that mm-hmm. will be changing. And hopefully when I'm coming back in February, I'll share that. Mm-hmm. Um, we got uh, too much content, hopefully producing a really big Galentine's uh, show February. We'll Stay tuned for those it. details. Yes. We'll manifest That's it. happening. So yes. that's why I wanted to plug that in because that is a big deal. It's going to oh, take yeah. us some time to produce, but it's happening. We're going to do it. And we're going to stay tuned for the location. Stay tuned for this yeah. special celebrity guest. Yeah. Um, you can follow me at Chanel Omari on all social media platforms, at Chanel in the City Podcast, at the All-Star Comedy Show on all social media platforms. Give me some love. Share, subscribe, give me a positive comment. Um, do a mitzvah, which is a good deed in Judaism. Send me some money. Because <laughs> my Jewish parents want to fucking cut me off. <laughs> I can't believe I'm like the only college educated bitch in my family and I can't even, I don't even have a fucking, no, I was going to say, no, I don't girl, have a job, but I do have a job. Girl, I feel you. But I can't get it together. So yeah, thank you for having me of and course. shout out to Too Much Content for helping me make this podcast better and just oh, yeah. a new presence, a new image in the new year. We have I'm a so lot to look forward to. I'm so excited. And you're such a great artist and thank I'm in you. such good hands. And Thank you. And you really need to be in good hands with uh, the right producers, the right people to help you. And it's Appreciate okay to ask for that. help. Yeah, it's okay, okay to outsource. It's okay to outsource. Um, Beautiful. Well, guys, you can follow me at Ani underscore Moosh on Instagram and Twitter. And then you can also check out my website, AniMooshMedia.com. That's where you can find all of my home decor. I got like secret Santa ready gift sets right now. If you still need them, today's probably the last day that you'll get them before Christmas. So when this episode comes out Friday, order them. Um, they're like coasters. We got wine corks. We got ornaments. We got candles. We got original artwork. All that. Just check it out on my website. And we'll catch you next time. Hairs. Peace. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah.